behind this series. And so uh, I just want to encourage you, continue to be kind, continue to be kind, continue to be kind. We will win them by our love. Jesus said they will know that we are Christians by our love. Time and time again throughout scriptures, Jesus tells us, be kind. Here's what kindness looks like. Go and do it. And so we looked at a couple of those scriptures. We looked at a few of those scriptures. And I want to move on today. And I want to, I want to talk today about the fact that kindness opens the door. Kindness opens the door. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And it opens the door to what God wants to do in your life and in mine. And in strangers' lives. God, when you go out on the street and you meet a stranger, God wants to do something in their life. And you are the emissary of God. You bring the presence of God wherever you go. And God wants to do something in their life. And kindness will open the door for you be, to be able to share God in whatever way, share God's love with that person. Kindness opens the door. Kindness always opens the door. Listen, there's no secret here with kindness. Um, the world knows that we should be kind. Hoffman's Car Watch just put up. How many have you seen? Am I, is my wife the only one? <laughs> Hoffman's Car Wash, great big sign. Right underneath the sign, there's another little green sign. You can take note as you leave today if you're heading to the left. The little green sign says, practice kindness. The world knows that we should be doing this. But we've forgotten. We've been distracted. Right? Someone told us that we should hate one another, and the world believed it. We as Christians know better, and so we need to be the example. We need to be the example of kindness. Kindness is contagious. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, you guys know the scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Did I say kindness already? I missed it. I was going to stop there. I don't want to write over. What happens when you learn song? When you when you learn scriptures to a song, you just, just you start singing the song. You forget to stop. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's a fruit of the spirit. How I have trouble being kind. How do you how do you get better at being kind? Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And so if it's a fruit of the Spirit, if we're in the Holy Spirit, we'll have the fruit. How many of you know we've talked about this? An apple tree doesn't have to struggle in order to produce apples. When the conditions are good, it will just produce. There's no striving there. And we are Christians, and we're called to this. And when we're with God, and we're with the Spirit, and we're flowing in what He's called us to do, we will just be kind. We'll just do it. It'll be a, it won't even be a thought. You won't have to think about it. You won't have to be like, oh, oh, how can I be kind here? You're going to be standing in line at the grocery store, and that person's going to be struggling to pay their bill, and you're going to be like, oh, I got that. That was $75. Where's that coming out of the budget? Mm -hmm. Listen, he who lends to the Lord, lends to the Lord, and the Lord repays. Come on, claim it. When, when you do stuff like that, just... Proclaim the scripture over what you're doing. He who lends to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord repays. I'll give and I'll keep giving because you can't outgive God. The Lord will repay. It, it may look different than money trickling down into your account. It may look some other way. But the Lord always repays. 
I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. As you move into acts of kindness, the Lord, oh man, I'm telling you, doors open. Doors open all over the place. Let's let's talk, let's look at some scriptures here. This is in the book of Acts. This is where Paul jumps on the ship. They take Paul prisoner and they put him on a ship and they're sailing him to they're sailing him to Rome to stand trial. Just kind of set the stage here before we start reading the scripture. He warns them and he says, Don't get on the boat. Listen, it's bad weather. We're gonna we're, we shouldn't go. The captain doesn't listen. They say we're going anyways. And so uh, the, the ship gets shipwrecked, right? Paul gets a word of knowledge. We're going to lose the ship, but every life will be saved. And so they run it aground on this island called Malta. And we're going to pick it up right here. It says, now when they had escaped the shipwreck, then they found out that the island that they had crashed into was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. Here's the, here's the natives. These people hadn't probably been preached Christ to yet. And they were showing kindness. I, I, we said this. The world knows how to do this. But sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're sold, told something else. And so here, Paul is being shown kindness. The prisoners. There's prisoners on this ship. And these people are showing Paul kindness. They were courteous. They were friendly. They were generous. We have to remember, kindness opens the door to blessing. We're going to see that here in a minute. These people out of the goodness of their heart, out of what they knew to do was right, showed kindness to Paul and to the others that were shipwrecked. And we're going to see in a moment that it wound up being a blessing for them. Keep reading in the same scripture, it says, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened it to himself, fastened onto his hand. So the natives, when they saw the creature hanging from Paul's hand, said to one another, no doubt that this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But Paul shook off the creature into the fire, and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time, they saw no harm come to him. Then they changed their minds and said that he was a god. How's that for being fickle? Right? He's a murderer. Certainly he's a murderer. He's done something wrong. He's done something deserving of death. He escapes the, 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 the sea. He's, he's allowed to survive the sea. And now this poisonous viper bites him. And now he's going to die. And it says, when they had looked for a long time. I wonder how long they watched. You know, if, if I saw somebody get bit by a rattlesnake and we were in the woods and we couldn't get to a hospital, I'd be like, I don't know how long you got. I'm thinking like 15 to 30 minutes. So we watched for two hours and nothing happened. We're like, man, that's God. That's God. This doesn't mean that we go out and we handle snakes. No, it's, it's, I got to say that because there's a church that does that. I got to, but this is where, you know, no harm will come to you. No harm will come to you. God will protect you. Jesus. In that region, there was an estate of, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And so now Publius is showing kindness, right? Because one of the, one of the attributes of kindness is to be courteous. And so Publius is being courteous to these people who were stranded. He entertained them for three days. And so it happened that the, the father of Publius laid sick with a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed for him and laid his hands on him, and he was healed. And so here we go again. Publius shows kindness. 
Paul turns around and shows kindness back. Kindness gets kindness. Kindness opens the door to kindness. As we're kind, people will be kind to us. The Bible tells us uh, a harsh word stirs up wrath, but a, a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh, harsh word stirs up anger. That's what it says. A kind word, a gentle word, turns away wrath, turns away anger. But a harsh word stirs up that anger, stirs up that wrath. So we need to be kind. We need to be kind with our words. We need to be kind with our actions. Paul heals this man. Praise for, for, praise for this man. He's healed. And it says, so when this was done, on the rest of the island... So when this was done, the rest of the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. And so Paul shows kindness. And then what happens is the rest of the people on the island realize that Paul prayed and this person was healed. They're like, hey, listen, we've got some other sick people. Let's bring them too. And so Paul just continues to show the kindness. And so whereas these people from the island had initially showed Paul kindness, now Paul's showing them back kindness by by praying for the sick and healing the sick. And so Jesus is healing the sick. Kindness begets kindness. Kindness leads to kindness. Kindness leads to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Here's kindness. Showed, they showed Paul kindness. Paul shows kindness and the Holy Spirit moves and people are healed. And so when we, when we move in kindness, it opens the door for the Holy Spirit. We get kindness. We get kindness from the Holy Spirit. And then kindness opens the door for the Holy Spirit. This is fantastic. We get kindness from, it's, it's like praying in tongues. We get kindness from the Holy Spirit. And then kindness opens the door to the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit can come and do what we could never do on our own. It's good stuff. He says, uh, it says they also honored us in many ways. Listen, honor is, is God's idea. Let me say this. Uh, we did, uh, Elizabeth had asked us, Elizabeth and Fred, their elders here, and so they had asked us what we wanted to do for pastor's appreciation, uh, given the whole COVID thing. And we said, no, just cancel it. Don't do nothing. We don't need nothing. You guys are great. We love serving. We love, uh, we love you guys. You guys are an awesome church. And uh, we said, don't do anything. So then the next Sunday, she got up here, and she's like, well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, this was not approved by Congress. <laughs> honor is God's idea. Honor is God's idea. It says they honored us in many ways. And so Bill Johnson says this. He says, a culture of honor, honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over who a person is not. A culture of honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over who a person's not. Listen, I'm I'm a I'm a man just like you are you, and you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else. I'm no different. I, I don't stand up here and pretend to be anything that I'm not. I'm normal just like everybody else. And in so I have failures. I have I have shortcomings just like everybody else. And so. There's going to be something that someone's not going to like about me. And I, know, I just know that that's the truth, right? And so a culture of honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over what they're not. 
And so throughout my life, there have been men and women, many men, probably more men, uh, just because I'm a man and so I hang around them, who have spoken into my life in different ways. And I could list them. I mean, I could come up with 10 names right on the spot. And so for every single one of those men, they have something that they deposited in me. But they also have a shortcoming. And so I can't get caught up on their shortcoming. I can't get caught up on what they're not if I want to receive the blessing that they have, the anointing that they have. Second Corinthians 5.16 says this. It says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, now we know him thus no longer. I want, to, I, want to, I want to stop here on this honor thing for a moment. Look to your right. Everybody look to your right. Obviously, now you're staring at some people. But who's, here's the point. Who's sitting to your right? Who's sitting to your left? Take note of those people. God has given that person on your right and on your left a gift. If you don't honor that person, if you don't show honor to that person on your right and on your left, you can't receive from that person. I have, uh, throughout my life, you know, uh, I've grown and I've become, you know, more knowledgeable in the Word. And it says, um, the Word says that the, the greater blesses the lesser. Like this is the principle back all the way in Genesis. And so, all, every once in a while, somebody that's younger than me in the Lord wants to come and pray for me. And so I don't stop them. I let them pray. Because they might have something that I need. And I might not know it. Or, there might be somebody, minister, pastor, who knows, that has an anointing, but he has this great shortcoming that I happen to know about. And so do I not have him pray for me? There's a blessing in that man. And I can get the blessing without the curse. It's by showing honor. Honor celebrates who a person is without getting caught up on who they're not. Too many times, because we won't share honor or show honor to somebody, we can't receive the blessing that that person might have for us. The person sitting to your left or to your right, they may have an anointing to make millions of dollars. That money would just come. And they could pray for you. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody in this church that's got that anointing, but... They could be there. They could pray for you, and that anointing could be on you as well. But if you're not willing to honor them and let them pray for you, you miss out on what God has for you. I have this habit, uh, and I told you uh, there's probably been 10 men in my life that have been pretty significant. And so I have this habit of asking for a deposit of the anointing, right? The transference of the anointing, the laying on of hands. And so, I can't tell you the number of times different people, different men, people whom I've esteemed greatly, have laid their hands on me and departed an anointing into me. And if you've ever seen any of the X-Men, there's one show in particular. I don't remember X-Men very well. But there's this one show where the one guy has this power to absorb all the other person's powers. Right? How many of you X-Men fans or movie watchers have seen that one? 
So there's this one guy, and he's got this superpower, and his superpower is to be able to take everybody else's superpower. Now, in the movie, it leaves the people that he took it from with no superpowers. But the anointing is a little different. See, because somebody can lay their hands on me uh, for, for an anointing that they have, and I can get the same anointing, but they keep it. Right? But I can gather them all up. I can gather them all together. I can get them all. And so, what, what's Pokemon? Collect one, collect them all. Collect one, collect them all. Pastor Steve, to him who has been given even more, right? Right? We're, we're faithful with the one talent. We're given another talent. We're faithful with the five. We get ten. And then we get to him who has been given, even more will be given. But to him who doesn't have and doesn't use it, even what he has will be taken away. I think I'm tapping into something in the spirit of God. I'm going to have it all. We're meant to have it all. All of us. All Christians. They also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided things, such things as were necessary. Kindness opens the door to blessing. They were shipwrecked. They had already thrown the cargo over, right? They had meat and water and food and whatever else, clothing. When they were on the ship, they threw all that overboard to lighten the load because they were the boat was going down, right? Remember back. So they show up on shore, and what do they have? The clothes on their back, and that's it. Right? And so they provided such things as were necessary. Well, when they're departing, well, their ship was shipwrecked, so how are they getting off this island? They must have provided them a boat. They must have provided them with food and water and every other necessity that you need to make a long trip. Compasses. How are you going to navigate around the compass? All this stuff. They, they provided them with such things that was necessary. Kindness opens the door to blessing. Kindness opens the door to blessing. If we could just be kind. I'm not saying you're going to be kind once and you're going to get blessed. No, it doesn't work that way. But if you're kind and you're kind and you're kind, suddenly the, the, the blessings just start coming. I've been trying to be kind. I don't always get it right. But I've been trying to be kind for 28 years. And so I think I've done pretty well at it. And Man, I'm telling you, there's a window of blessing open over my life. This, uh, this here, we'll jump back to Acts chapter three. We've talked about this story already uh, both weeks when we when talking about acts of kindness. Um, Peter and John go up to the gate, beautiful, and there's a beggar man sitting there, and uh, he said he's begging alms. Elizabeth read this story last week. He's begging alms at the gate, and Peter looks at him and says, "Silver and gold, I do not have." But such as I have, I give to you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And so he's healed. This beggar man who's crippled in his legs is healed. And so Paul, uh, Peter shows this great kindness. He shows this great kindness to this beggar man sitting at the gate. Beautiful. And it says, now as the lame man was healed, held on to Peter and John, all of the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. Greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, when Peter saw the people running together, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk. And so what we see here is that kindness opens the door to the gospel. 
Kindness opens the door for us to be able to share the gospel. Can you imagine? You're in downtown Troy. And there's somebody in a wheelchair. And you pray. And they get out of the wheelchair. And suddenly, the whole crowd was watching what was going on. And they're amazed. And now what? Now what? We need to be ready to share the gospel. Because a lot of times, God does miraculous things like that for his glory. He does miraculous things like that for his glory. Yes, he wants us to be in wholeness and wholeness of health, but he does it for his glory too. That he would be magnified. All throughout the scriptures, all throughout the gospels, as we read the stories about Jesus performing miracle signs and wonders, it was a sign and it was a testimony that God was with him. And so the same holds true for us. Jesus said when he left, he said, go and do likewise. Go and heal the sick. Go and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That the glory of God might be revealed. It's all about God's glory. It's all about him being made strong. Do we know how to share the gospel? Are we proficient at it? Can we share it quickly? Can we share the gospel in one to two minutes? Some of you are like, oh. Listen, if you don't like to share the gospel, buy some booklets. You know, there's lots of little booklets. You don't need you don't need a PhD. You don't need a THD. You don't need your theology doctorate. You don't need any of that to be able to share the gospel. It's a really simple story, guys. And we need to become proficient at it. I need to do better, and we all need to do better. I need to do better. I'm pointing the finger at me. I'm pointing all ten of my fingers at me. I need to do better. And so here it is. What is the gospel? The gospel is this, is that there is this great chasm that's been affixed because of sin. The great chasm is caused by sin, and there's this great chasm between God and us. And because our sin is there, it separates us from God. And there is no way for us to get to God. And so I've had discussions. I, I do preach the gospel, and I, and I do uh, talk about it all the time with anybody that will listen. And so I often talk with people who um, don't believe in God or believe in any God or believe in uh, universalism, you know, all these different things. I talk to all of them. I talk to anybody. I talk to anybody that will listen. i got a captive. And so, universalists, people of the world, atheists, want to believe that I can choose any path I want, right? Buddha, Allah, this one, that one. They all lead to the same place. Well, no, they don't. Because there's only one that forgives sin. There's only one that crosses the chasm. Why can't we do any of the other ones? Because God sent Jesus. He didn't send any of the other ones. And so Jesus made a way, he made a bridge for us to be able to cross that chasm. What happened was Jesus took our sins in his body when he died on the cross. And because Jesus forgave us of our sins, God no longer sees us as having sin. And so this great chasm that was between us and God is gone. And we're free to walk to God. We're free to be in his presence right now. That's the gospel. It's that simple. And so we share it like that. And then, you know, it's a simple question. Is there anything that would prevent you from wanting to follow Christ today? 
No, I really want to follow Christ. And so then we just pray with them. And I'm going to pray right now. And so if you're in this room and you've never asked Jesus Christ to live inside your heart, if you've never made a decision to follow Christ, I want to invite you to make that decision right now. Because God wants more than anything for you to be in relationship with him. It's all about relationship. When Jesus came and he spoke to the Pharisees, they were very religious people, but they had no relationship with God. And he was mad at them for some of the religious things that they did. Listen, you can be religious about anything. You can be religious about your golf game. Religion, religious, is about order. It's about doing things in order. And so I can become very religious. I have to put on my hat before I put on my gloves, or else I'm going to have a terrible golf day. And if I mess it up, i got to go all the way back home and start over. Because just getting back in the car and getting out again doesn't cut it. I've tried that. It didn't work. I had to go all the way back home and then, and then putting the hat on and then the gloves on. It, it's religious. right? I step up it's to the ball and I've got to take three deep breaths before I swing my club or else I'm going to hit it right. You can be religious about your golf game. It's about order. Well, listen, God's not into the order. I mean, he wants everything to be done decently and in order. But he really wants a relationship with you. And so if you're here today and you've never had that relationship, I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would come and live inside my heart, that you would help me to live for you by your grace and your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to do something for me. I want you to check on this engaged card that today you follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the first time. If you prayed that prayer and you checked that box, I want to send you some information that tells you your next steps in following Christ, what it means to be a Christian, what that looks like. And so if that's you today, I want you to check that box for me. If you're watching online and today is the day of salvation for you, if today you decided to follow Christ for the first time, I want you to send me an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org and I will send you the same information. Just uh, in that email, put your address down with the blue pulpit. I'll send it to you. Um, the first step is, listen, it's this. Get into a good church. If you like this church, if you live near here, we would love to have you. If you don't like this church and you don't like you know, the way I carry on sometimes, that's okay. Find another church. Just get into a church. Listen, I wouldn't be offended if somebody didn't like me. It would be the first time. It won't be the last time. But it's vital that you get into a church with a body of believers. You can't, you can't grow in your Christian walk without it. And so this is kind of some of the stuff that's in the book that they're going to tell you about, okay? All right. We're going to uh, put those in at the end. Also, prayer and praise requests. Also, prayer and praise requests can be sent to that email. Kindness opens the door to sharing the gospel. I believe by the Spirit that we are coming into a season where we are going to have ample opportunity to be able to share the gospel. I believe that this season is coming upon us. I believe that it's almost here. And so I want to encourage all of you to learn how to share the gospel. Practice how to share, practice sharing the gospel with others. Practice just talking to people about Jesus, talking to people about God. Just practice it. Just go out. Listen, I may fail a thousand times, but I just keep getting back up, and I just keep going at it, and I just keep doing it again. And so this is the way we learn sometimes. 
you know, we, we share something, we, we don't get it necessarily quite right. We, we've sowed seed. They'll ask somebody who knows more than me, and then hopefully they'll lead them there, right? And so we just keep sowing seed. We just keep sowing seed. Eventually, it comes time, and we get to, we get to reap rather than sow. Amen? I know that some of you guys in here are soul winners, and uh, I encourage you. I want to I wanna pray. I want to take a few moments, and I want to pray. If I could get the keyboards to just come up. I just want to pray. I, I believe... It's good. It's good. Someone's open on the channel. I believe that God wants to do something in here right now, and I, and I want to take a few minutes and I want to pray, and then we're going to have communion. And so, uh, just just begin to pray with me, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We just lift our voice right now, God. We wait on you. We wait on your Holy Spirit. God, we pray that you would flow through this room right now. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we 